online on your smartphone or on your favorite podcast app. This is the JJC Podcast Experience. Hi guys, we're here with the JJC Podcast Experience and today we're here with Sashil Mystery, myself, Duncan Ego, and Munasha Karambo. Okay, guys, so today we're going to be speaking about how Gen Z or is Gen Z desensitized to violence in the media? So I don't know if any of you guys have opinions on that yet, not yet. Any statements to make before we begin? I think we should start with you, Tashil. Okay, so basically my first thing is, are we, do you believe we've desensitized? Are we desensitized to violence in the media? I don't think, I think we're as desensitized to every other generation in the past. I mean, if you think about it, our generation compared to other generations, it's probably had less fighting. I mean, if you look at war babies, I mean, think about how much violence they experienced. And I don't think they were, I think we're almost identical to how they reacted to it. I think we just get on with our lives and yeah. So it's kind of like each generation has their own sense, different kind of desensitization in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because like, it's very unique in the sense that we, the 21st century generation, Gen Z, whatever you want to call us, we have access to social media and we have we see so much on a daily basis. Like, for example, we'll, if you just go on social media, if you're an advocate or something and you follow a lot of um, pages, you'll see there's like the so Israel-Palestine situation. There's the India-Pakistan situation. Do you believe everything you see on the news? Like not on the news, sorry, on like social media. No, we have to, we have to be aware of what's going on, but you also can't accept everything. I think uh, a lot of people news um, programs or social media programs especially there sometimes they do um, sort of voice what they want people to hear if it's an organization where um, they're for Palestine or for um, Israel they would sort we all know the Palestinian and what's Israel's going on it's always going to be biased yeah, essentially exactly it's always going to be biased yeah. to what you want so one um, organization would be so pro-Israel um, that they would make Palestine look like they are in the wrong instead of making it look neutral. But then on Palestine side, if there's a sort of organization that's pro-Palestine side, then they would make Israel look like everything they're doing is wrong and Palestinians are right. But there's always two sides to the story. And that's the problem with bias is that no one ever wants to voice those two sides. They want to voice a side they think system well. So... Surely then it's our responsibility though to look at the two different sides exactly. so, and then kind of get your own opinion on, on where you stand. Mm. But also in saying all of that, I think it's hard to believe everything that they say because when bias comes into play, people are going to lie. Exactly. Exactly. That's where it comes in with wanting people to believe what you believe because yeah. you have to get people on your side. So if we bring this back to the original question, what can we gather from that? That everything, all the violence that we see, we often like just don't look don't at it. don't know if it's real. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. So like, maybe people see it as desensitization, but I mean, if you hear somebody's died and then the next day you hear that it just wasn't true. Mm. If you hear something like that in the future, you're not going to be as sad because you don't know if it's true. Like, it's a bad like explanation, but it follows the same concept is that how can I be so touched on something before I know everything that's happened if I can't trust that source? Yeah, exactly. But like, obviously when it's a real life situation, for example, if, especially in the South African context, if you're in a car and you try to get hijacked or something, obviously then we very, we traumatized by that. Yeah. So is the desensitization only from social media or? Yeah, I would say it's a big thing from social media. I mean, like my girlfriend was in a 
car crash like three weeks ago. And like, I remember that I, I wouldn't say I was desensitized at all. Like I was like quite emotional and like, I wasn't even in it, but because of it, like I kind of like felt pain towards it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think because I knew it was true and I knew it was like a first source thing. So I do think social media is like the biggest reason. Mm. And with social media, like what Duncan was saying about his girlfriend, he knew that it had happened. Yeah. With social media, we kind of have to force ourselves to feel that way because we don't know what's going on. But when they tell us what is going on and true or not, we sympathize with that and we feel um, sort of uh, a feeling of feeling sorry or, or happy for whatever is going on. So we have to depend on what is sent to us through the media, whether it desensitizes or not. So even like last year with the George Floyd situation, mm. I'm sure everyone remembers yeah. that even though it was, came across through social media, it was so real everywhere in the world mm. that we had to make our voices heard. Yeah. So it's always context dependent, I think. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if you look at COVID, for example, I mean, I, I don't know what the death count is at the moment. I'm sure it's like above... I, I I wouldn't even I can't crazy say high numbers. yeah it's crazy numbers like and we've almost just accepted it you know what I mean that people are gonna die and we have to get over it and like I actually do think that is a little bit of desensitization like we haven't we've just accepted that but I think it's also like a coping mechanism if we had to like look at everyone's death and like analyze it and feel that emotion we'd be traumatized for life we wouldn't cope on a daily basis hmm. that is true but at the same time that person that died, I mean, let's say somebody died from a shooting, like in America, compared to dying in COVID, who do you think gets more recognized? Like more recognized? I'd say the shooting. I'd say the shooting. Because COVID is something that's going on all so around. Many people. So many people. Yeah. So do you think that's right though? It's not right. Every, every, every death is, is wrong. No yeah. matter what causes a problem, it's wrong. But um, we sort of have to look at what can be concentrated more on. If there's a COVID death and then there's a murder death, the COVID death is sort of a worldwide thing. So we everyone's going through that. But with a shooting, um, that's the country's problem themselves, not the whole world. Fair. COVID is the whole world, but a country's problem, they have to deal with that. They have to send the police out, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Tushia, what do you think? I think it's a very unique situation because... A shooter versus COVID, they vary two different, they two extremely different circumstances and contexts. Hmm. So should I feel worse for somebody that's died to a shooting than to somebody that's died to COVID? If I don't know them from a bar of soap, so let's say somebody random dies from a shooting or somebody dies randomly of COVID. The person with COVID was obviously statistically more likely to die in a sense, because if they had a comorbidity or whatever, it was gonna. It it could have been inevitable. We don't know the kind of circumstances of their sickness, but the shooter, that person was innocent for all we know. Yeah, they didn't do anything wrong. So I think it, we do feel more bad for the shooter, um, the victim of the shooter. Yeah, mm. it's fair enough. But in saying that, all of that, we feel bad. So then, surely we're not that desensitized. You know what I mean? Because we know that that's happened. Mm. Yeah. So, but then there's a completely different stance that our generation is oversensitive. What do you think about that? I think that is very correct. Yeah. Um, they are, they are, um, they, they get over, I, um, 
my generation, of course, we're, we're oversensitive because if you look at things in the past and if you look at it today, the smallest thing could offend someone. And the thing is, that's limiting us from moving on. Yeah, It's limiting us from, from growing. because From forgiving. From like forgiving. Past, yeah. From forgiving people. Yeah. In the past, they made so many mistakes. Sure, we remember them, but people have been forgiven. Now, if one person decides to... Um, do something that is so, uh, looking at, um, can I take this example? You know Johnny Depp and his wife, the yes, whole story. Yes. Um, for some reason, Johnny Depp is blamed because he's a guy, he's a man. Um, people blame him. And um, the sense of being oversensitive to that topic as in, oh no, it's a guy's fault because there's that gender-based violence is normally with men. Instead of looking at, at the point of, it's a marriage, yeah. And the woman is hurting the man. So um they yeah, I think we are oversensitive. Mm. No, I we, agree. we need to um have a firm uh, we need to be stronger than we are already. Because like I said, you can't move on mm. without being strong. We need to build a balance basically between the difference between raising awareness and letting people know versus becoming emotional about exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Issue. With um the also with, with George Floyd, all of a sudden all cops are bad. And yeah. that's that's ridiculous. You can't um, you can't assume that all cops are bad because one of these cops are protecting you from um, your house getting broken in. These cops are protecting you from getting um, hijacked. And um, also with the kill all men thing, that I think is over the top because basically you're saying, ah, kill my dad, kill my brother. Yeah, it's oversensitive because you're looking at things on a whole, not as a single person who mm. made a mistake, and you're not going to forgive. It's, it's what I think is is limiting us from moving on. We're not going to go forward until we fix that. Yeah, I I also think people can't really take a joke anymore. Mm. Like if that makes sense, like somebody will say something so like non-judgmental almost, or something non-like not in a bad way and that person will take it into his own context and not think about how that person meant it and get so offended like satire and stuff like satire yeah. exactly yeah. like i feel yeah. like that's not a thing anymore satire also things have just been taken so out of context like yeah. if you look at an example i'm sure we all know the simpsons there's the indian yeah. character called apu yeah yes yeah there was yeah. a issue where the man who does the voice for him mm. was being labeled a racist because he was doing the indian guy's voice and he's a white person mm. but it's been going on for so long what why make it an issue now because I don't think he meant it in a bad way obviously he's just an entertainer back to that with the cartoons there's something that happened with um, you all know Snow White yeah. the, um, they wanted to sue Disney because they said that the guy kissed Snow White without consent and I just think that's ridiculous because it's a child's story it's, a, yeah. it's, 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 it's ch children's stories that you're ruining because you, you're, not, you're not thinking you're just being oversensitive to things that don't need your sensitivity. Like we need to draw a line on where we look at these issues and where we don't. Because yeah. obviously if it comes to like a, um, sexual things, you have to ask for um, consent. That's very That's different exactly. to a story where a prince is kissing a princess. Mm. And she wakes I up. I always think that person must be looking for things to get mad at. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Surely you're not just watching it. Like when I'm watching that as a kid, I don't really even know what all that stuff like is. You know what I mean? Mm. And when you're oversensitive, you're just always looking for the bad things. Yeah. And the problem with looking for the bad things is you never look at the good things. Mm. And then society just becomes, there's bad things. I mean, if you look at the good things that's going on in the world and then you compare them to the bad things, no one knows about the good things because the only thing that's focused on is the bad things. Yeah. And then people build on those bad things because people's sensitivity gets in the way. 
Yeah, I feel like people are too complacent mm. in this day and age. Like that's true. I noticed it at my school. They will often say more bad things than good things mm. about our school. Whereas mm. I, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that it's given me. Mm. You know, and I feel like people are just too complacent and looking for things to be mad at. Yeah, instead of looking for things to be happy about. But it's like society in general. When last did you speak to someone and you heard them say a good thing about someone else? Whereas normally they just gossip and be like, oh, I don't like this guy mm. because he did this or this girl irritated me because of that. It's never like, oh, she made my day happy. Mm. It's so weird for people to be giving each other compliments these days and receiving compliments. It's a rare occasion. It's a rare yeah. occasion. And when it happens to you, you're like, what, what is this you feel feeling? It, yeah. you like, you're not used to it. I can speak from experience um, in my class. It's so rare to get a compliment because people are just laughing at each other etc etc and when someone comes to you and says you know what it happened to you the other day someone comes to you and says you know i appreciate you you don't know what to say because you're like i haven't heard this in a while i haven't heard something like this all i remember is people gossiping about me all i remember is people saying bad things about me yeah and like we raise so much awareness surrounding mental health and stuff and we raising awareness on so many topics but are we actually making that change where we, like you're saying, you tell someone, oh, you look really good today. Yeah. I think another thing with the media is that your fingers, your, your fingers on, on the media is another thing. But what you do in real life is something else as well. Because you can go and post and say, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, um, uh, justice for George Floyd. But then when you go into public, you're another person. You... Um, you, you, you say racist slurs, you do other things that doesn't represent who you are on the media. You're just trying to create a picture for yourself. People just to, jumping on the bandwagon. Exactly, jumping on the bandwagon, which is I think is a big problem. And when people jump on the bandwagon, like the Shield said, you don't focus on the good things and then you're just making a false picture, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so it almost has to go in the opposite way. You almost have to start doing the good before you post on yeah. Social media, for instance. Like, yeah. Why don't you post something good that you did instead yeah. of posting something good that you should do? Mm. Do something, do something, and then post it. Instead of posting something and not doing anything. Yeah. So I think, I think that does add to our sensitivity because we don't see all the good all the time. You know what I mean? We're looking at the bad most of the time. Mm. Exactly. So I think that could add to We the need to learn to part. be more sensitive in a sense to like people's emotions mm -hmm. and who they are as a person mm. context yes context and, is a huge thing yeah and to be sensitive in your environment in your community be sensitive in your community don't be sensitive about something that's going on in america when you can't be sensitive about a kid that's getting bullied in your class get the small things or, right yeah exactly or a, 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 one of your teachers is facing struggles with divorce and you can't even say you'll be okay don't concentrate on the on on um racism in america if you can't concentrate on racism in your own country don't concentrate on police brutality if you can't concentrate in your country remember what happened with um when george floyd died there was a cartoon posted by what's that guy's name sabiro yeah sabiro i love that man sabiro he posted um this thing where um uh it was ramaposa it was um kilen balula and it was um another minister there was um two policemen from South Africa mm. beating someone and they were looking away and they were staring at the billboard of George Floyd that says justice for George Floyd, which I think is ridiculous yeah. because 
they're not concentrating on what's going on in their own country. They're concentrating on what's going on in other countries, which goes back to the point of um, sensitivity of you being sensitive to something else and not doing something actually mm. that you have the opportunity to do. Yeah, I think that's very true. Do you think we, got, we as Gen Z, as the 21st century generation, we can make that difference? Yes. Yes, I, I believe we can. Because it starts from here. Us it, having the conversation. It starts from us having the conversation. It starts from you being this age, making a difference. Us three, we could make a difference. It starts from influencing people at a young mind. Because mm. once you try to influence someone who's 40, 50 years old, that mindset isn't going to change. I can give an example. Let's say you're at a school that is filled with racism, with of um, older people that were during a South African um, context, during apartheid, older teachers that are 60, 70 years old that don't want to have the mindset to change. And then a teacher who's 22 years old comes into the school and wants that change. It's all about starting from the, from the bottom, starting from the bottom, starting from our age, talking to people at our schools, giving them that perspective of you can do this, you can change. Because once that starts, they're gonna reach out to more people. Because I can take it to another example. People say, um, you're born racist. You're not born racist. Yeah, your, parents, your parents teach you racism. and if they keep teaching their kids that from a young age, they're going to be racist. In the context of apartheid, um, the, higher, the, the older people taught the kids who could be our teachers now racism, and now they're racist. So it's all about the beginning. So back to what Tashil said, us as Gen Z could make a difference if we had the, the, the motive. Yeah, and even if we take it like back to sensitivity, um, me, myself... Just say like, for example, in my family, there's someone that I know is a racist person and I don't appreciate what they said, but they're elder to me. How do I address that situation? We need to be sensitive as to how we speak to elders and be like, listen, grandpa, it's not right that you speak like this anymore. Mm. Times have changed. You need to have respect for people. So I think we, even though we're younger and we children, according to a lot of people, mm. we need to make our stance known and stand up for what we believe in because they did that when they were young. We know a lot of our parents were like anti-apartheid activists. Yeah. They were out at protest. Mm. So we need, it's our time now. Yeah. yeah, it is our time. So do you think you should waste your time though if you know that your grandpa isn't going to change? Do you think it's worth putting in the time to try to explain it to him if you know he's not going to change? Can I, I, do you almost think you should give up on that person and just let them think that and not take what they say too seriously? I think we need to make them aware of it. If we know we can't change them, I guess, mm. for the, especially for the much older generation, it's very hard because it's ingrained in them. Yeah. But for our parents and for like the generation just above us, it's those people that we need to teach to unlearn the bad habits mm. because they're still going to be around for a lot longer. Yeah, that's true. And you know, there's a saying, you can't, you can take a donkey to drink water, but you can't force it to drink it. And um, that's 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 our parents, guys. That's our grandparents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can teach them this thing, but if they're too old to understand that I need to drink this water, I need to mm. take this in, then you're just taking them to the to the to the root of the problem, but they're not really doing anything about it. So that's what I think is a huge problem with the with the older generations. It's hard to change their mindsets, like the shield said. It's hard to change your grandpa's mindset because he's been living this. Um, in this kind of society for so long. They don't know any better. Exactly. They don't know any better. And now this small child is trying to come up to me 
saying, let's say I'm the grandpa. It's mm. trying to come up to me and tell me what I know. Tell me that I should be, yeah. that I should be open-minded. Tell me that I should treat white, black, Indian the same. No, I'll refuse. I'll say no, I know better because I am- More experienced. More experienced. Yeah. I'm older than you. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it's a very unique context for all of us, especially being in South Africans. We've experienced so much different things to the global society. Like America, they, they've already gone through this entire process where as now our generation parallel to America, they are a few steps ahead of us. We're still at the back and we need mm. to get to that point. Yeah, that's true. Guys, I think this was a really awesome discussion. Mm. Yeah. Something we should have again one day. Mm -hmm. And just to take it, go leave here and take what we've learned and implement it into our daily lives. Let's exactly. actually do the good, like we do said earlier. Good. Start and, with and us. As a young child, it starts from you. It starts from going into class, telling your friends, leave him alone. Telling your friends, that's wrong. Being the bigger man, mm. voicing yourself so that you can make a difference. Yeah. So that we, can, it, that we are the next generation. We're the future. We're the future presidents, the future teachers. It's us. And we need to make that difference. And we do need to break loose from the, the mindset of, of older people, of their, their, their eroded and rusted mindsets. We're, we need to freshen ourselves and mm. break out of that. Cool. That's, that's it from us. Thank you for joining into the JJC Experience podcast. This podcast was brought to you by the Johannesburg Junior Council in partnership with Red Radio.